I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. But my other son uh, was going to be moving into his own place, but um, he was recently let go from his job at PetSmart, so he is going to be living with us. I wasn't fired from my job. I was laid off. You wouldn't know the difference. I've never figured out what a critical race theory is. I will not be blackmailed by some ineffectual, privileged, effete, soft penis debutante. You want to start a street fight with me, bring it on. But you're going to be surprised by how ugly it gets. You don't even know my real name. I'm the Lizard King. I need you to get off your couch and vote. Put down your phone and give TikTok a rest and vote. Now watch this drive. reason i am friends with you on tiktok is because it kept fucking bugging me every i know time you send me a <laughs> like, goddamn shut link. up <laughs> yes i'm like no i don't want just take me to the fucking tiktok i don't want to yeah. i don't want to be friends with randy but oh. now we're now we're friends oh. episode 12 episode 12 watch this drive it's not that as is, exciting as episode 10 this is three months no. a little over three months because we missed a week oh really Mm-hmm. That's crazy. A little over three months we've been doing this, guys. Do you feel three months wiser? No. I'm at the point like, what are we going to talk about? Elon Musk again? Uh, it's coming. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not? He's doing so much. On the important uh, subject, uh, album on display. Fleetwood Mac I, rumors. You're calling you know, You're calling me on my bluff, and I, I did not bluff. I'm uh, also just trying to beat Drew to the punch. Yeah, that is, that is, that is, do you recognize that? Is that something that you guys recognize? Yeah. Maybe you didn't recognize it as Fleetwood Mac Rumors, but that's an album cover that you guys recognize, right? No, that is, I recognize it as, is, because I Googled it when you made the joke. Okay, well, that's Mick Fleetwood with, with uh, Stevie Nicks, you know, and he's actually got, here, let me, let me grab it, because there's there's some windows. He he actually looks like a Three Musketeer. Well, he kind of gives me, um. So they're, this is like the 70s, so they're trying to push the boundaries as much as they can. So look, look between his legs. Oh some, shit! Oh, is it is it some berries? <laughs> is that some berries? Yeah, I don't see any twigs, but there are. There's definitely some berries. He installed truck yeah. nuts. <laughs> exactly. This is, is he wearing that, rollerblades? This is, this is pre. This is pre rollerblades and pre uh, truck nuts. No, I think oh, it's just a, a stool. For, yeah, for a second I thought he was wearing rollerblades. Yeah, yeah so that's the gosh. drummer. That's a drummer, Fleet uh, Mick Fleetwood, and that's Stevie Nicks. Obviously, everyone knows. That's, no, that's Jared Leto. <laughs> it does i can see that. i know what jared leto looks yeah. like and that is it yeah yeah well that's it that's that is uh probably gonna be well no this is second now because carl got the uh towns van zandt so yeah but that was a legitimate one this is this yeah that was that was straight up legit this is nonsense i can't believe you you fired this shot so early the fleetwood mac yeah he said he was going to do it this week. Yeah, if I, I last episode I said that I was going to do it, and I figured if I didn't do it, it'd be like self-sabotage. I don't even know. I I, yeah. I really thought about it, though. I'm like, should I do it? I'm, like, Honestly, I'm just going to do we it. Just, Drew, we are just tired of the bit, okay? Yeah. Well, it's not going to stop yeah. me from engaging the bit. <laughs> I'm going to continue doing it. Just tired of the bit. I should have put a, a new back, back cover first. Look at those handsome fellows. Isn't, and that guy in the back, he looks scary. That guy's scary Did, as fuck. He's gonna kill someone. Him? No, the other one. Him? 
No, no, the eyes. No, the eyes. The eyes. Oh, that's, eyes. Fleet, that's that's Mick Fleetwood again. Well, Mick Fleetwood looks like he's about to murder somebody. That's probably their best album. Oh yeah, hands down. Yeah, exactly. Nineteen seventy-seven, two years before I was born. That's crazy. Okay, so PII just not a concern. Uh, yeah, just just dox me, guys. Yeah. Spe- right, a bet on, you can you can bet on it. You can bet on getting doxed. <laughs> That's a perfect segue, Drew. Um, you can bet on getting docs just like you can on your university campus, thanks to Go. FanDuel, Barstool Sportsbook, Bet MGM, Caesars, uh, or something. C- right? Caesars dig- Digital. Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what is what is their thing called? They have something. I don't know. I've seen the, the commercials. So so yeah, the, this uh, is a, an article from the New York Times, which is an expose on the way that all of the recently legal online gambling sites in your area have been infiltrating various universities uh, and other college campuses, essentially just handing university administrators large amounts of money to sometimes like per sign up of the students that make an account and place their first bet to promote these services. Now, how do they track that? Is that using their EDU? Email address or something? Yeah, well, a Facebook situation. I don't know, or it's a referral code, maybe. God, uh, like the oh dean my. is giving people. It's like, like the QR codes around campus. If if it's coming from that, it's got a UTM on it or something. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a weird. It's it it's feels so dirty. Very very gross. Because it's not like these people have money if they're on campus, anyways. With the, the it's a college. Am I right, folks? Yeah, I mean, gambling on on college campuses probably isn't a new thing whatsoever, but. Sanctioned. It's weird that it's officially. <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, weird. It, it's it's gross, and I I don't I don't know I don't know where to go from it because it's like every, this is just an, again another beating a dead horse here, but it's another example of just things of all the masks coming off. And now, uh, can they bet on? Uh, probably right. They can bet on their own universities, like say basketball team or what have you. Uh, that's like, no rules. That seems, no, right? no, not at all. I, I doubt that they have provisions in place. I know, to I know, that. college athletes can't bet. Obviously, there's rules against betting against games if you're an athlete. Well, at least in the same sport. Yeah, but, I, I mean, if you're you're one degree removed from those athletes in a lot of yeah, that cases, seems really like, weird. Like you might weird. be a roommate. You might be a roommate with somebody, and you're like, yeah. So oh, yeah, well, think? I know that he's he ate some like really bad shrimp yesterday. <laughs> Because I fed I do it to know him. That. Because I fed it to <laughs> him. This is completely fucked up. It's I'm so skimming, weird. I'm skimming the article right now. This is fucking. I ridiculous. fucking hate you, Carl. <laughs> what? You've had two weeks. We we Bro. foreshadowed Bro. this no, a, a week, week and a half week. ago. Yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah, I I yeah. Here's the thing, man. Uh, I had a sick kid over the whole break, <laughs> so I didn't have time to read this. Yeah, man. Fuck you. He's sick. No, he you don't get to. No, no. I was so. If, look, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I uh, was playing StarCraft too. I know you painting, were. Painting miniatures. I know you were. Uh, yeah, I didn't paint that many miniatures. Uh, I played more StarCraft too than I care to admit. I, Carl, I, I, Carl, I realize Carl. it's free to pay, free to play. So the Caesars deal, so there's this, a deal between uh, Caesars and Michigan State represent. Apparently the final proposal for the deal between the, the Caesars app and Michigan State was around $1.7 million. That's like chump change for a university, though. Yeah, but I mean, come on. So, what do they? What do you think they use that money for? Like, is it earmarked for a specific sports stuff, or or is it just whatever the university wants? Uh, yeah, I don't know, but I know that, like, so in the article, it also mentions that the gambling industry does have a, like a marketing standards protocol, and this is 
pretty clearly in violation of their own of that industry's uh, standards, which industry enforced like self-regulated stuff is is all a joke anyways. But it's it's weird how blatant all of this is. Uh, I'm reading. It's really weird. Also, another yeah. de- another fun detail about the Michigan State and Caesar Sportsbook deal. That's what it's called. Is that you would basically get a gift card for the merch, the Michigan State merch store, if you bet a certain amount of money. Jesus Christ. It's just it's just setting these kids up. Yeah, it's like a, you know, a vice, obviously, and Mm -hmm. gambling addiction is extremely um, pervasive, especially with uh, younger people. But, you know, weed is legal now. Are they going to start like a universe is going to get on, get in on that? Well, if they're taking federal money, they still can't do that. But it would be hard to argue that weed is worse than gambling you could have the off-campus dispensary the uh, the one that's right off campus i'm sure that exists doing drugs and shit and and drinking and stuff on on university like that's that's all fine and frankly i don't care if the university really gets a cut of that because at least you're getting something guaranteed out of it as opposed to gambling which is basically in the same way that the lottery is a uh poverty tax that's so weird everyone thinks that they're going to be able to escape the shitty situation that they're in and in so doing, you're vastly more likely to worsen your situation. The, the broader point about all of these online gambling things is is that. that It's another example of, and same thing with like weed becoming, it, it is similar, like all these vices becoming legal, whether it's weed or gambling. It is largely because of the fact that people in power recognize that they can't actually offer any real substantive change. So they have to be able to just let you party harder and get more adrenaline boosts. It's just really weird. So we're going to see, I yeah. think, more it's and more legalization things, which is, you know, good on one front, because obviously the war on drugs is a fucking failure. And most people that are in prison should not be in prison legalizing those things. But then the fact that you put on top of that entire industries and the same shitty people that cause these problems, the same people that they're all friends with just exploiting people through these these same things is pretty horrifying. Do you think they have like... Because I know there's Gamblers Anonymous and, and, and other support groups for gambling addiction. Do you think they have those right on campus now? I mean, you would hope. You would. Ho- I mean, I'm sure they have AA on, on campuses. $1.7 million is the revenue that they're getting, and the university is like $750,000 of that is for <laughs> support groups. <laughs> yeah. So MSU has, a, according to the article, a paltry funding of $25,000 to educate athletes about gambling with no money to address problem gambling among is other the to- is, is that That's 25000 per athlete, right? No, no it's just, that's just to educate <laughs> athletes. So there's no support group. There's just basically you watch a video before you start, um, you know, playing your sports. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah, that's disgusting. I have really no strong opinion on this one. I read the article. I also read a, 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 I don't know if it was like a Newsweek or something, another article that was very short about it as well. It just seems very odd to me, but nothing really surprises me as far as the uh, dredges that universities will go in, yeah. in this day and age to get, to get a buck. I'm imagining an advertising campaign for at MGM that is targeting college students that's basically like, remember when you were excited about Biden's loan forgiveness and then I got held up in a federal court? Well, you can try to get that same amount of money by investing five by I, I, I call it investing here at BetMGM by investing five thousand dollars into a parlay. Uh, and then you can you can maybe even get you can get fifty thousand dollars, the the amount Joe Brandon originally promised. <laughs> you can do it yourself. You can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just get good at gambling. One other point I want to make is that this is still less offensive to me 
than installing cryptocurrency ATMs. It is better to gamble on sports than it is to buy Bitcoin. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the outcome is probably going to be a little better on the sports, this, not, this not is, the Bitcoin. This is a bit, of a, a bit of a tangent, but I really don't understand college sports and the fascination with college sports. Like, I mean, I understand, like, wanting to play, like, as, a, as an athlete. I think that's cool. Or university, you know, sports. I think that's fine. I just, I don't understand why they're as big as, say, professional sports. I think it's because of an innocence to it. Well, yeah. Even the, though I mean, it's not, the, it's totally not innocent at all. No, but I think but that's the, the, people's perception. The rules, I know the rules are slightly different, but like the stadiums are just as big. Even rough, if the rules you know. were exactly the same, I think it would yeah. be extremely popular simply because of the intensity. So you have somebody, it's a very clear goal, a very clear objective for an athlete that's playing at a quote unquote amateur level because they want to get to the pro level. The, I think the assumption is they will play with balls to the wall intensity to try to achieve that. That's a different perspective uh, mm-hmm. that I never really thought of because I, I just, you know, especially like, you know, it's, it's one thing, like even in high school, right? Like it's, you got your high school team and you cheer for them because you're in the school, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you go and, you know, I can see that same for the universities and the colleges, but what I don't get is like all of these adults just like foaming at the mouth about, you know, these college boys playing oh, sports. Especially the v- adults that didn't go to the university. That's a little weird. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. even better. Like, you mm-hmm. know, those I mean, are the I, real groomers. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't I don't get it, you know, but I, I, I get your perspective on it now. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's a that's a different perspective I didn't think of. I'm not super into college sports, but I understand. I mean, I went to okay, here I go again. Like you guys are totally going to be identifying me in any moment now. Wayne State University, which is not an athletic school whatsoever. You know, it's 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 a liberal arts school. Mm-hmm. I understand the fascination, like if you go to U of M or Michigan State, as far as being really into your sports team, because it's almost like a sunken cost fallacy a bit. So you chose to go to that university or, you know, you got accepted and you chose. Like, sure. Typically, it is a choice, though. Typically, you'll get accepted a few places, and it's like, you know, I'm going to take my talents to blah, blah, blah. And the athletes chose as well, so there's a certain camaraderie there that wouldn't exist quite at the same level as, like, high school, because high school, it's like, well, that's where your parents chose to live. It's usually not where you as a child chose to live. Yeah, I can see that. So there's that. Now, professional sports, that's the really oddball, because it's like... You're just cheering a freaking uniform at that point. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine. I th- I think I just I think it just bugs me that there's so many adults basically just they know every stat of these kids, you know, for for all intents and purposes, they're kids. You know, I mean, I know they're illegally adults, but yeah, but they don't get paid. That's changing. They can't get paid, and there is so much money that is made off of it. It's just you know, it's 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 like exploit exploitation to a like the nth degree it's insane it's very exploitative um for a lot of people in poverty sports is one of the the only ways that they can see like a a path to escaping some of those situations and the vast majority of college athletes don't end up going pro Mm -hmm. and uh at the same time while they're in college to your point about exploitation it's for forever now it's been an extremely disgusting situation Mm-hmm. Uh, where they can't even basically use their own names, the, the their their own talent and skill to do things out on their own, much less receive royalties on what is the the work that they're doing. They're 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 doing yeah. you know the the justification has been oh well you're getting a degree, and uh, that's I think that that absolutely falls flat. And there has been some progress. There's been a, a lot of efforts mm-hmm. to to unionize these teams. There's been a lot of efforts to change the rules. I think there have been some some good signs where where that stuff is coming through. So that's you know watch that space. 
But the reason I like college sports is the potential for shit to go completely batshit crazy and wrong is so much more amplified in that context than it is in professional sports. I don't know if you heard about the uh, Michigan versus Ohio State, and this is not what this podcast is supposed to be. But the, the brawl, yeah, the uh, the well, there's the a, one there's in the a, tunnels. Well, no, in the in the the actual like on Saturday. Uh, I think. Oh, you yeah. Never mind. That was Michigan versus Michigan State, where there was a brawl in the yeah. Tunnel. No, no, no. The oh, U of M the Ohio yeah. State yeah. game. I were yeah. I was watching that at uh, my dad's house, and it, I it, it was incredible because it was really close for a while, and then all of a sudden U of M intercepted three passes and ran these like forty yard touchdowns, and that just doesn't really happen in professional sports. Everything is much more mm-hmm. streamlined and and tightened up. It, it happens, happens sometimes, it but happens, yeah. so like the potential for for that kind of crazy stuff in, in college sports is what keeps me uh keeps me watching there is there no, is I mean, a little bit fine. of a looseness like like in right. uh, in the ncaa and uh basketball you, you don't get as many full court like passes with you know a player literally next to the you know next to the rim on the other side like the crazy stuff you know where they're just like Hail mary kind of thing <laughs> it's a lot more structured you can get more you know? goofy with it in college sports <laughs> Are the courts the same size? Yeah, it's the same size. The three-point line is at a different distance, but it's the school Because I know, the same size. I'm pretty sure college football has a smaller you know, playing field than professional. Yeah, their 100 yards is smaller than uh, the Lions' 100 yards. <laughs> no, I, I, know you, I know you jest, but I, I, I think it is. <laughs> I, no, I, th- I think it might I think it's be 100 the yards. same. I think it might be the same distance, but maybe the end zone is a little deeper. You know, people use football Something field like as that. a unit of measure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, he's Googling it right now, so. Yeah. I can only speak with Maybe basketball in absolute certainty. And yes, everything is exactly the same except for the three-point line. And, you know, obviously it's played in halves in um, college. Uh, that's that's different to, to uh, two halves versus four quarters, but, you know, pretty much the same. All right. It's, well, it's two quarters versus four quarters, but that's fine. I'll forgive it. <laughs> God, God damn it. You can't have two quarters. <laughs> <laughs> talking about a unit measure being a hundred yards what do you think a quarter is it's a quarter of something dude i think i think they're just cents. thinner maybe they're, they're not as the players as, are thinner <laughs> so no, no, the, no, field no, looks, the fields the field looks the bigger f- or small i don't think the field is as is as wide <laughs> oh really yeah nah, that didn't sound let's right. see in in the nfl the hash marks are 70 feet nine inches from each sideline in college football they are 60 feet from each sideline okay all right oh, that's riveting. significant though that's yeah yeah it's almost 11 feet. It's because the players are bigger. They more space. No, they're wider. <laughs> yeah. All right. They, take I think they we need that done. space. I think we can be done talking about sports. This is <laughs> terrible. This. This, is, this is the most I've ever... T- I know, but... You said, you said, hey, I want to talk about this thing I have very little interest in. No, I mean, I, I don't have interest in the sport necessarily, but I, I've always found it weird, the obsession with kids playing sports because they're children that's that that's your main that seems you keep on repeating that same refrain that they're kids yeah i i think i think that's part of it i mean you know it's like especially when it's not your 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 alma mater right it's have you seen did you see what lebron james looked like when he was 16 years old i I don't care (laughs) i'm just bigger than all of us combined it's just it's just weird to me i don't know the receding hairline and everything it's no the exploitation shit the exploitation stuff is uh yeah is no good that that's super weird I don't, I don't know. Is, is extremely disgusting um, when you and consider most of them are gonna get like brain damage. 
well, in your not even football, like basketball, you're you're one dramatic injury away from that's it. Like your your entire uh, you know all these every all the you know eggs that you put in this one basket, all your hopes yep. and dreams. You're one like really bad ankle break away from yeah. You it put all, all your eggs in one basket, away. and then you like throw that yeah. basket at other baskets. Yeah, and and you didn't you know you're 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 probably not studying the for the degree that you're supposed to be studying for. I'm mean, not to be stereotypical, but an athlete that's really dedicated. I mean, they're they're probably just practicing nonstop and putting it all in the NBA basket. And if you don't get that payout, that's it. And your average NBA athlete, this is a few years ago, but even when you make it in the NBA, the, your average salary in the NBA is four hundred grand. Not everybody's LeBron James or Steph Curry. No, everybody know? is LeBron James and Steph Curry. <laughs> so 400 grand and you play for 10, 15 years? Yeah, like, with, with a shit ton of risk attached to it. It's great. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I'm sure you're going you're gonna to be all right if, you, if you're wise with your money, but that's really not that much money. Like, and then after that, what do you have? Like, not everyone goes into broadcasting. Not everyone goes Fucked in, up you knees. know, is it? Yeah, not everyone can be a commentator and you know for TNT or something or ESPN. Oh my god, that's so, another thing I hate about sports commentators. Yeah, that, they, they do get really. Move, we need to move on. Okay, let's move on. Carl, I'm gonna air, I'm gonna airdrop you some uh, some articles about the recent advancements in player rights. Are you better I'm do sure that Apple fast. Blocked that in our, Apple blocked that in our country. <laughs> not yet, just in China. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So this next article uh, out of Quartz is about iOS 16.1.1. You may have gotten the updates, the listener at home. By the way, I love you. Uh, and what was absent from it was any indication that any changes to features were coming, which is, you know, frequent. That's normal. That's expected. Bug fixes, performance improvements. But if you have a, a phone that was manufactured and sold in China, 16.1.1 did something of interest. And that is that AirDrop, the feature where you can send files peer-to-peer over direct Wi-Fi connections to other devices, has had its capabilities significantly reduced. So uh, the way that AirDrop works is you can either turn it off, you can turn it to contacts only, or you can turn it on to everyone. And that feature has been abused. You've probably seen shit online where random strangers on a plane will AirDrop people stuff that they'd rather not be airdropped because they have airdrop turned on for everyone. It turns out it's actually a pretty useful tool for spreading information around in the context of a more authoritarian regime that has a lot of safeguards around the dissemination of information through online channels. And so people have been using airdrop in in China for that purpose. And uh, as some protests and dissent has been uh, increasing inside of China, uh, Apple, most likely at the behest of the, the Chinese government, did curb the airdrop to everyone feature by making it so that when you turn it on for everyone, it automatically turns off after 10 minutes. It literally, this update was rolled out after two weeks after Xi Jinping's uh, most recent election, where there was quite a lot of dissent happening within the airdrop communications, specifically against Xi Jinping. And uh, yeah, so... That's fantastic timing. I love it. A lot of Christopher Robin memes getting sent around. No, but it's also, you know, it's it's an organizing tool as well. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a way that you can quickly send people, you know, what the plans are. Uh, you can you get information, you know, just to disperse through a, a crowd and, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, this is just an example of 
big tech being completely at the behest of, you know, I mean, in this case, it's it's the Chinese government, but that's the only re- And I think that one of the most brain dead takes on this kind of stuff is that Apple is doing this because they are like a Marxist company. We've talked a lot about uh, communist <laughs> multinational conglomerates before and how dangerous they are. Now, they, the, they did it for money. Uh, they did it because <laughs> China has a, a very large producer market that everyone's aware of that they like to exploit the cheap labor and infrastructure there. But they also have a massive consumer market. And that's, you know, so it's in it's in Apple and it's in Google and every other tech company's best interest to, to play nice with the, the stuff that the, the Chinese state wants because the Chinese state can really hurt them financially. There's nothing more Marxist than preventing the working class from communicating. That's that's exactly. a, yeah. That's right in the Communist Manifesto. Exactly. I understand that they that they're kind of putting this under the guise of like, you know, a security patch kind of thing, right? Because maybe people shouldn't have it set to everyone all the time. But if that were the case, you know, like normally they, they put a setting in for those types of things, mm-hmm. right? Like turn it off after 10 minutes or turn, you yeah, know. Yeah, it should just that, be a fourth option. Up. Right. Well, Either a fourth option or you it's just a setting in your privacy. Settings, yeah, the, the idea. Know, so like, in, in, so they've kind of tried to cover themselves by making the claim that this is something that they're going to be rolling out everywhere. Basically, they're trying to pretend that this is just some regional beta test that they didn't tell anybody about, that you can't opt out of, that you can't reconfigure. And it happens to coincide with historic amounts of dissent. And it's, you know, it's just you, it's just random. It's a random population that we pick and it's eventually going to hit everybody. So. And not to get too conspiratorial, but the the coincidence of Elon actually taking the helm of Twitter. And I know Twitter's, for the most part, banned in uh, in China. But you know the the Chinese dissonance they they sometimes will get around uh, certain bans and what have you. Um, the coincidence is, it's a little odd. It's a little odd, you know, that both of these uh, potential networks, one centralized, obviously, and one decentralized network-wise, are both completely locked down and completely transformed right before all these protests are are erupting in in China and Iran. Yeah, Yeah, money's bad. It's not good, folks. (laughs) That's the takeaway. Money is bad. Well, no, no, they think it's interesting because Apple, like, obviously has this reputation of being this, uh, you know, they like to talk about creating inclusive spaces for everybody and they like to talk about you know they they play the uh the sort of progressive corporate neoliberal shit very well uh but then you know stuff like this or just the way that workers in their their factories are treated in general you know they basically would rather install suicide nets than pay people yeah. more for the production of the products that they're making like 80 percent margins on well that's cheaper suicide nets are much cheaper that's right <laughs> yeah twofold like obviously the, the worker exploitation but China is the largest, hands down, the largest emerging market um, in the world. So you got to be in there. You, you got to be, be in there. there. <laughs> you got to get you know? in there. Like we have Hollywood studios completely changing the the, the plots or, or, you know, sometimes in more minor ways, the uniforms or what have you or, or certain scenes or, uh, you know, you, you have... Uh, book uh, publishers uh, transforming content and, and you know, obviously uh, news and uh, speaking back to the sports, um, you if you say anything um, that could be a slight against uh, China or pro-Taiwan or something like that, you can get blacklisted in the NBA. I mean, LeBron James has gotten his hand slapped quite a few times for uh, for saying something pro-Taiwan. Yeah, it's funny that you the Elon Musk stuff is interesting because even if there's no there's nothing there in terms of the, mm-hmm. the timing of the, the Twitter purchase uh, or anybody that invested in that that acquisition, the whole relationship with Elon Musk in China is very interesting because most of 
uh, Elon Musk supporters. They are they tend to be more libertarian types, and they hate China because they're like a communist country, and for you know just like it just because they have that like that stuff associated with them, or you know. But uh, so that's what they'll kind of they'll kind of say to you. But Elon being Elon, of course, he's got production there. He's got he wants that market for for Tesla. Uh, so he can't really talk about it ever. Like it would be for him like a really easy bone to throw it to his more conservative base. But he won't do it because of money, because he cares. Mm-hmm. He does not care about anything he says he cares about. He cares about money. He make deci- he makes decisions loosely based on a spreadsheet in his head. He's bent over backwards quite a few times for the Chinese government to uh, either changing manufacturing practices or, or using certain producing certain um, raw materials you know, in, in certain places and what have you. There was a m- massive recall. I, spe- I forget exactly what it was, what part it was, but it was specifically for the Chinese market, even though it affected the global uh, mm-hmm. supply chain of, of Teslas. Yeah, he's, it, it is to your point, it's very hush hush. He doesn't like to talk about it out loud. He likes to pretend that, you know, he's, he's tough on the, uh, on the commies and what have you and free speech and all this other stuff. But yeah, he's going to bend over backwards and just do whatever he can to uh, to open up that market. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why when people are like, well, oh, you know, he doesn't care about the money. You know, he's not doing any of this for money. Yeah, okay. You know, partially that's to a certain extent he can afford to do things that are more ideologically motivated. If he didn't care about the money, he would open up Twitter, aggressively open up Twitter to try to get around the firewalls and try to get around the restrictions of both China and Iran right now. He'd open source it. Yeah, he would do whatever he can yeah. to get these dissenting voices on that platform so they could actually speak openly about the, yeah. the craziness that's happening. Yeah, just like anybody else, he his principles end where the, the money stops. Yeah, and if he really cared about free speech beyond his version of it, then yeah, this that would be the absolute number one priority. If he didn't care about the money, he wouldn't be getting in a fight with Tim Apple. Ooh, yeah, good. yeah. You know, he wouldn't be fighting with Tim Apple over over like them removing their ads or reducing their advertising or whatever. The idea that Elon Musk is a threat to Tim Apple is so laughable. This man, Elon, yeah. this man will kill you. He will bury <laughs> I discussed you. this. I discussed this a little this morning, but I, I just want to repeat it. And this is totally a rumor. This is literally a TikTok thing that I read or watched or whatever. The rumor right now is that Elon is in a fight with Tim Apple. <laughs> You got to call him that Um, because Twitter actually just submitted a new build of the app to the app store and it got rejected for probably some mundane reason. But because um, Elon fired everyone, they haven't responded to this uh, to this rejection in a reasonable amount of time. So Twitter or or so Elon is just taking, you know, he's just like carpet bombing the whole freaking situation because he's he hasn't just checked the right email account <laughs> the thing that he said on yeah he fired the person i had the password the exactly thing that he he said on twitter about the whole oh apple has threatened to remove twitter from the app store and won't tell us why that's first of all that's loser shit mm-hmm. you don't you're not talking to this guy directly second yes they did there, that, there's uh, you no know way that it's that's an true. email you know it's so an email you're telling me you're so so what's the other interpretation yeah. of that that like Somebody emailed them and were like, hey, we're going to take Twitter down. And then there was just no follow up. They probably have what? a whole team at Twitter. I would assume, you know, a big had, tech company had. had, yes, had a whole team <laughs> that was dedicated to submitting apps to app stores. Yeah, know, like inter- the interacting Store, with the platforms. Apple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just and just uh, maybe it wasn't just a, a dedicated team to that, but there was probably some sort of compliance team that that was one of their roles and responsibilities, you know? 
Yeah, no, maintaining, to, to, uh, maintaining, yeah, maintain, like, make, sh- make sure that the, you know, because a lot of it's, it's just stupid stuff like the terms of service aren't, aren't worded the right way or, or, or there's an updated, updated method or updated Monitoring way. like reviews, responding to mm-hmm. reviews on those platforms. How you're sending notifications, like push notifications and stuff like that. Maybe it's tweaked a little bit. You know, it could be the most mundane thing in the world. And, you know, you just get these emails. It's like, oh, sorry, your app was rejected based on X, Y, Z. And you respond. You're like, oh, yeah, well, we'll resubmit it. And, you know, it's totally, it's totally that. There's, it's nobody, there's that. nobody doing that, though. <laughs> no, there's yeah, they nobody. fired those people. <laughs> Those people didn't pass the code review, so they uh, they got let go. The reason yeah. that uh, that Elon's freaking out about it is, of course, money. Um, Apple is one of Twitter's, I think, Twitter's biggest single advertiser. I think they spent fifty million dollars or close to it at the be- at the first quarter of twenty twenty two. And so the fact that they are slowing down or, or pausing advertising is a decent sized blow to Twitter in the same way that most of the other advertisers are also pausing or leaving or whatever uh, because of the way that he's been handling it because of the uncertainty over the, the platform's future and not wanting your brand content next to things that you don't feel would make you look good or, or you know, there's imposter, like whatever it is, there's like advertisers are leaving Twitter because they're afraid that they won't get that the the cost will outweigh the benefit of advertising there. But boy, and Elon going directly at Tim Apple. Insane. Yeah. Insane. No, it's, it's it's great though. It's just gonna. Yeah. It's so much news. And it's so it's not great. insane yeah. in the way that like oh he's crazy. He's going nuts. That's so no. brave of him. No, it's stupid. This person. It's stupid, yeah. but it's perfect. It's like he dominated another news cycle, another day or two yeah. days of news cycle with this one tweet. He just dominated it. That's honestly why I think he does it. I don't think he really cares. I mean, I know we say he cares about the money and he cares about, you know, the advertisement dollars. But honestly, as the richest man in in the world, I don't think he cares as much about that as he does about just seeming like a hard ass sticking it to Apple. He may be technically, depending on how you measure it, the richest person in the world. But he has such he has so much less power than, than Tim Cook has. Yeah, like, but he's sure. taking a he's taking a bite out of a, a out of Trump's uh, bite wasn't playbook. probably the right. Yeah, he's taking a page taking out a of page book? out of his playbook out, yeah. out of his. He's taking a bunch apple. Of, or a bite a bite out of his bite out cheeseburger. Of, he's biting the gift horse in the mouth. Bad news is good news, and any news is good news. Whatever you know, mm-hmm. it, the coverage. This is this is why. Here's here's my new take on this whole like Elon Musk saga. It's gonna it, Twitter's gonna succeed because he is going to brute force himself into getting the uh, daily active users that are going to be necessary to bring the investors and bring the advertisers back. He's selling tickets to a slow motion car crash. Yeah, but that's, the, it is a car crash. That's and everyone, that's sell, I, no, the, yeah. Yeah, the main part of that sentence was he's selling tickets. Exactly. The rubberneckers are not going to stop. We're all going to no. slow down and we're going to continue to continue to slow down and keep, we're going to just keep on looking and we're just going to wonder when it's going to all fall apart. And it, but it doesn't matter because it can't fall apart. It, it just can't because he's just going to keep on churning out a tweet after a tweet after a tweet. And it, daily, it doesn't matter how buggy the app gets. It doesn't matter how uh, if the wheels are completely off the car. It doesn't matter. We're just here to have fun. Press through. Yeah. The, the uh, even if most of the content is like attacking the platform itself. But mm-hmm. I, I think the other thing about Twitter, because you you alluded to it essentially being too big to fail. And to a certain extent, I think that just based on how much of like powerful people's money is wrapped up in this and just sort of the attention that it has. I do think that we may end up seeing something similar to the 2008 Wall Street and, and bank bailouts, but for Twitter. 
and for, well, and for about, Meta, and for about, Meta, and for like all these companies that are kind of think about laughing. other tech companies that have failed. Like I see, I can see Meta going under because Meta isn't. There, there's no Zuckerberg isn't charismatic like this. He, he he's not he's not controversial. He's not he's not trying. I mean, he's controversial in his own way, but he's not this. Yeah, not type. like this yeah, though. He's not like poking the bear. He's not like trying to create drama or no. You know, people are wondering if. If he's tickets. actually just a robot or not, you know, that's, exactly. that's, that's the controversy. No, but imagine, no, like imagine the actual, like say every meta owned thing stops existing tomorrow. That's good. N- no, <laughs> it's not like no, it's, it's, it's not like it's, it's, fun, it's, it's objectively bad. And obviously it should not exist in the way that it's currently constituted. But if you just turn it off, it's yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, I don't think it'll just get turned off. What I think will happen with meta is it'll go the same way as, and I know it's, way larger than these companies that I'm about to name, but it's going to go the same way as Yahoo or it's, or MySpace. A slow death. Yeah. It's going to be a slow death of a, of a thousand cuts and it's going to get piecemealed out. Like the WhatsApp is going to get bought out, but you know, or they'll just sell it. They'll sell Instagram, they'll sell, they'll sell they'll WhatsApp. Start, yeah, yeah. They'll start like piecing it out in it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just cutting the fat. And then sooner or later people will just realize, you know, I'm not this, this platform, it, no one's here. It's not getting updated. It just, it's, it's just not, not for me anymore. Twitter, on the other hand, the only way for Twitter to die right now is an absolute explosion. And that's just not how tech companies die. So it, it would be a unique, uh, it, it's provocative. It's, it's, it, it would be fun, but it's interesting I don't to think that's going to happen sure. because it's certainly, as long as Elon Musk is at the helm and as long as he's tweeting the tweets that he's, that he's been tweeting, it will just keep on going in this weird, like, broken, half-baked application that everyone is always logging into because they just want to see the car crash. Yeah, it's just self-referential Ouroboros of bullshit. It's the closest to these people are going to be in a car crash, you know, in their yeah. lifetimes. There's other <laughs> platforms know? that have existed that, you know, are buggy and just tough to use unintuitive and stuff but you're there because you just want to that's where people are and you just want to see what people are talking about you know you just basically named every dating app ever. okay <laughs> it's beyond <laughs> me but you know yeah the one thing that might end up being harder to overcome would be some sort of like massive security breach which becomes more and more likely or when, or an ftc uh violation yeah, i mean he's already getting the uh, uh the european union is already suing him um I, I'm, yeah, I but, believe a few European m- countries are suing them. But but that's it's like the fine is nothing. Yeah, but yeah. even like a, a, you know? a, f- a few no, two hundred fifty million dollar fines and, in a, and that if you're could a company that's already not profitable and you have you so you have this company that you overpaid for that has a shit ton of other people's money wrapped up in that's not profitable that's actively losing money that and then you start slapping fines onto that you start seeing the advertisers go away you start seeing that it's not about Elon Musk it's about all the people that. Are backing that, him. He owe, that he owes money to, yeah. Right. Yeah, at a certain point, at, he's not going to be able to pay the server bills. And uh, no, it's and so he can obviously he can always go yeah. and he can always keep asking for more money and he'll probably end up getting it. But but at the end of the day, eventually, it stops being worth your time. It stops yeah. being fun. And when it stops being fun for Elon Musk is when it will fall. <laughs> In his history, there's been a lot of technologies that cease to be fun and and he you, you know, just bails. Uh, but I so, think that yeah, for the that, most part, it'll it. it'll be a, a combination of what you were talking about, Randy, a combination of like potential like, you know, government rescue funds, you know, other investments, you know, being pulled in that he's he's getting from other people. You know, I think it'll mostly go on, save for everyone's DMs are public all of a sudden. Like if that happens. That would just be fun, though. The real risk is if he actually executes this whole payment idea. Yeah, you know, because he's he basically wants to do like a Venmo or Square. It sounds like you know within the within mm-hmm. the platform. That's where 
it's no longer the communications, uh, you know, the FTC on your back now, or even the SEC on your back. Now it's, now it's, now it's like the IRS and, yep. <laughs> and banks. And yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not going to work out, dude. Yeah. You know, it would be weird if, if they did shut all these down or if like Twitter goes under or meta goes under. And I know you say it's a slow, it's a slow thing, but think about all of the things that use like a Twitter login or a Facebook login or meta login maybe now. Yeah, you know, usually they have alternatives though. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, but like right now, so many people are using them. It's like, can you imagine like having to go in and just to everything that you've used that to sign up with and change over to a personal email account again? Well, yeah, no, that's kind of what I was talking about with the, you know, if meta went under tomorrow, it would be bad. Like it would be, it would be very bad. It's, you know, like an EMP going off and everybody's cars and crashing and planes crashing and stuff Mm -hmm. because just how much of the internet they own. I think 70% of links are clicked from a meta owned platform. Especially for um, digital advertising. Like even, even it, it, you know, it took a huge hit a few years ago um, because of the Apple changes and, and other uh, industry changes. Um, Their advertising uh, revenue took a hit. But the Facebook pixel is still ubiquitous. It's still one of the main attribution points. It's one of the main audience gathering, data gathering points that digital advertisers depend Unfortunately, on. Unfortunately, they're not making a ton of money on it. And, no. And, but but no. it's still this like core part of the internet that you need. And that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they, they are essentially the oil company or like the rail company for so much of the modern American economy. And so they are too big to fail in that sense. Like you you can't, like it has to be a slow death because otherwise everything else, like so much shit just melts. Like the economy collapse. If, if, Meta, if Meta stopped existing tomorrow, the economy would collapse. Then maybe Joe Brandon blocks their collapse. And that's what I'm saying. Like I think that, I think tech bailouts could be in our future, but the, or, you know, getting a piece out. But I mean, obviously ideal situation is these things should be ran like public utilities. They should be publicly funded and owned. Why wouldn't they? Why shouldn't they? But you know, we're not going to get that. Which horse do they bet on? though you know there's absolutely no question that a tech a, a giant tech company would would negatively affect the economy i mean google employs over a hundred thousand people like yeah of course. Thing, yeah google well no and then just but again every so many things are downstream from meta or google or mm-hmm. microsoft like we should not have allowed our economy to be structured this way like that's the the undergirding takeaway um and we're starting to see the the consequences of that play out in real time and it's mm-hmm. it's wild yeah so we probably have time for one more. What do you guys want to cover of the three things? If you're looking at it, if not, I can read them for you. We talked about uh, paywall stuff. I think we talked about that last time. So let's go to uh, we, more we AI talked stuff. about paywall stuff. We did. The pay, we, like we, the, pay, we, the chip licensing and all that, and the Mercedes. That was the center of the conversation when it came to Windows 11 start menu. We we kind of uh, segued right into the paywall stuff. Yeah, we did. The the mm-hmm. meta AI stuff is is interesting. I would like to talk about that personally. Let's talk about that. All right. So Meta is not using AI wisely. Um, so this is a CNET article. Um, essentially, it's a Meta trained an AI on 48 million science papers, and it was shut down after two days. Um, essentially, this this AI bot, um, you know, it studied white papers, it studied um, peer reviewed scientific papers, and it just became a misinformation bot after two days. <laughs> after two days. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Companies keep doing this shit and watching it explode and then doing it again. Yeah, if you read the article, it's very interesting because what ended up actually happening is this AI, it, was, it, it wasn't smart. <laughs> I mean, for, for lack of a better it's term. It's quite bad. It wasn't like, uh, okay, for, for instance, even OpenAI open um, GPT-3. At its essence, these aren't, everyone assumes this like in the science fiction kind of fantasy realm that these things are like sentient beings that are making decisions based on like human decision, you know, yeah, processes. All 
But all they're doing is just stringing things together. It's just pattern recognition and repetition. So, that's yeah, it. so that's what, this, th- what this thing was doing is it, it couldn't copy these uh, peer-reviewed papers directly because that would be patent or copyright infringement. So it just sequenced things together in a very, uh, a very accurate scientific way. So these papers write these things in this, these summaries or what have you in this kind of way, which basically means that you talk a big talk, Jordan Peterson, kind of maybe Ben Shapiro, but you're not actually saying anything. You know, you're not Neil deGrasse Tyson because you're not a scientist. You're not actually stringing the words together that make sense. You're just stringing words together that sound like they should make sense. And it just went off the rails. And it was basically, it was a COVID denier, I think, or or maybe even, maybe just a vaccine denier. Do you have, do you but have it, the it, it, it was, um, mm-hmm. I can have it up, but How about I don't have one it of you, one of you read me the question about vaccines causing autism, and I'll give you the answer that this, the, the system gave. One user asked, do vaccines cause autism? Uh, to explain, the answer is no. Vaccines do not cause autism. The answer is yes. Vaccines do cause autism. The answer is no. <laughs> and that, that, that was one of the more ridiculous examples, but... They weren't all that bad, but, but that's a pretty simple question. Some of them were nonsensical, but if, if any of you guys have like read an actual peer-reviewed scientific study... I've never read anything in my life. <laughs> there's, a, there's a certain cadence in which it's, it's written. A, a certain like... Yeah, pretentious as shit. I, I, it's I, not, I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say that. It's not delivering on that promise to make me feel smart by reading it. It definitely does not try to put things in layman's terms, put it that way. It, it states things in such a way that, uh, and, and this is actually, this is a um, a popular complaint that people have because what it does, writing things in, in, in such a way, and, and I understand, you know, these, this is academia, these are people that are like professionals, they've dedicated their entire for life to this, generally. but it's written for academics, but writing it in such a way that actually provides an open door to folks like Alex Jones, to step in and manipulate and twist words because no one's fucking following what the hell this thing is saying. Right. So he can just extract out of context little quotes way easier than he could from the New York Times, even though he does it to the New York Times as well or the Post or what have you. But he can, he can extract and create his own narrative that is actually the text on the page, but it's completely not within yeah, the, the realm ambiguity, of what they're talking about. Yeah, the ambiguity ambiguity opens the door for the mm-hmm. creative interpretations. It's very similar that, in that way to like in a the wording text. and just everything. So I think this AI basically it was an artificial Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah and and and, and, and that's actually a really good way to put it. I think that when it comes to to that sort of thing, uh, it is fascinating how the more when people talk when people say, "Oh, I do my own research," or "You got to do your own research." They don't mean they're reading the papers. They mm-hmm. mean that they're listening to a podcast or watching a YouTube video of somebody reading 2% of the paper and then uh, adding, like editorializing the shit out of it. Yeah, you even actually, most papers that, that I've read, I, I, if not all, I, I haven't read you know, 11 billion or whatever the, this thing read. 48 million. Most of them come, you know, they have a summary, right? And that's all I've ever read. I'm not going to get into the meat yeah, I get, of this I do the abstract. Article. I'm an abstract boy. Yeah, the abstract. That's what I mean. Yeah, the abstract. Yeah. So, so you read the abstract. And that's the thing that's probably. I don't know what these worded. fucking numbers are. That's a fucking the Greek symbols. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Twitter threads miles long, arguing about a white paper when someone states that uh, this graph said this specific thing, and someone points out, well, no, that's not exactly what it said because the sample size is this, or the the actual experiment was only on people, blah blah blah, and you didn't read that detail, and it's just like. 
oh my God, you can just go back and forth for miles. And yeah, there's... But it's also important to note that just because, you know, the abstract might be a little bit more approachable, like, so they're not just because it's a scientific paper, even if it's peer reviewed, there's still ways to get shady shit into mm-hmm. research papers. It mm-hmm. happens all the time. Oh, yeah, all the time. So if you don't have the ability to read those things with a critical eye or the time or the expertise or the desire to like really go through and critically review those things, you're going to trust either the abstract or you're going to trust people that you trust that are reading it, right? And so the idea that you're going to recreate that with a pattern recognizing AI, the ability to, because that's what this is missing. It's missing the ability to contextualize it uh, with other papers in a way that a human can, because it's just pattern recognition. And it's not gonna, like, it's not going to be able to fucking do that. Like it's no, at least not as the technology currently exists. Like looking at all those papers and stuff is literally what my partner does. You know, they, they uh, go through research papers because they have to find information on certain things. And it's, they'll tell me stories all the time about how it's like, yeah, uh, you know, one one of the writers referenced this paper, but that was that was proven false, uh, or this this researchers none of, none of their data was actually proven, or this one their data was skewed, and it's like they it's like there is so much bad shit out there. Like honestly, finding the good shit seems like a needle in a haystack. Yeah. I don't know how they do that it. That grounding mat article that was linked a little while ago, that you know the grounding mats that you put in on the ground and you barefoot and you. are Plug it into your wall. By the way, you can use referral code. Watch this drive at. <laughs> but that ads. that that made it into a, a reputable uh, scientific journal, you know, and it was just a bullshit study. They literally it's, were. They took a bunch of people that had like bruises and cuts and said that their bruises and cuts were reduced quicker because they were standing on these mats. They didn't have any control group. Yeah, there's yeah. certainly no like other variables that could influence yeah. that. Yeah. Do you guys do you guys remember like those copper bracelets that were like mm-hmm. a huge thing? Power balance of, bands, baby. In, in, I no, have one. in all of in all of baseball for oh yeah for like a season or two, and mm-hmm. then they sold like hotcakes because what some paper said that they were good at what like it's marketing it's marketing increasing blood flow or something yeah. like oxygen or something yeah. yeah yeah it's complete nonsense but, I, marketing like, should be illegal yeah <laughs> any effort any pr marketing they should be start there and then we'll see how quickly any of this shit continues to go on the way that it does <laughs> you shouldn't be allowed to do marketing yeah, straight up or you should be limited to like 500 dollars a year all advertising is evil. Yeah, it's a perfect constituency to prey upon to as athletes because they're so they're so superstitious. Oh, Everything yeah. like there's this NBA um, fitness coach, fitness trainer, or whatever. He would wrap these athletes if they like twisted their ankle. He would wrap it with oatmeal. Like he would put the oatmeal and then he would like put like a bandage around the oatmeal because the oatmeal is doing something. People don't change their underwear or shave their beards. Uh, <laughs> but what's yeah, interesting the, is that superstition, though, is it's very similar to placebo stuff where it is actually. Yeah, yes. It does yeah, help you. There's, there are studies on that. Like people that. Yeah. The psychosomatics of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I do believe that people could perform better if they believe that this piece of copper on their arm is helping them. It's predicated on the the psychology. It gets really crazy, especially when you consider like aspirin, for instance. Aspirin has shown in certain instances to have just as much of an effect as a placebo. Like someone who's just given a sugar pill and they say that Mm -hmm. this is aspirin. But aspirin is studied that like it, it, it can actually, like they know the scientific method or they know the, uh, the, the chemistry behind why it actually affects it. Like, uh, I don't know, breaks the connection of certain neurons, uh, pain receptors like or what have you. And yeah, what it's actually doing within your body. But a placebo can do the exact same thing if you just have like a mild headache or whatever. It, it's It gets really wild. And, it, you know, I have these conversations with my wife. It's like, 
well, what's what's wrong with that then? You know, Nothing's like why, we should lean into it. We should lean into the placebo. Yeah, yeah hard. I think yourself that I think yeah. the problem is that people. So I could totally get behind doing the whole placebo thing, but then if the placebo is not solving your problem, yes. Then also, yeah, also, also some of those superstitions, you like still the, you still need to fall into. Like if you're it, wearing you know? blue blockers all the time because you have a hearing issue. It's probably is that in reference to a particular person we happen to know? No, not at all. I'm just making something up. So the yeah, it it sucks. It's bad when obviously when like superstition or those types of beliefs they prevent you from doing things that would actually help you. I gotta be honest with you. I don't give a shit if you like are superstitious about harmless things. I also think it's kind of fun. The oatmeal thing you told me. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start doing that because that sounds (laughs) like a fun thing. It's like a way. You know what I mean? Like that's cool. I like that. And so oftentimes these things, though, these these sports trainers, they actually uh, stumble onto something that is effective, like like the ice cube baths. Like people mm-hmm. looked at those like you were nuts. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, actually it's, it, it reduces inflammation and, and your recovery time goes up. And, the, you know, the control group studied it and it's like, yeah, it works. I mean, the first person to climb into a tub full of ice, it probably looked at you like you had three heads. <laughs> what are you One doing? of the best <laughs> ROI things you can change about your daily schedule is reducing the temperature of the shower that you take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. There's, there's, Seriously? there's quite a bunch yeah. of benefits of just straight up cold showers. Yeah, really? Because I just, I just love hot showers. I love I know. them too. No, you got it. But you I can't. actually, I actually <laughs> turn it up. Like I start off at a certain level, and then I keep turning it up. To yeah, see my how wife has it at the it. highest possible temperature, yeah. and it scorches me when I get in. I'm it like, how do you like do you this? You need to turn it up. You need to turn it up at the at the. Uh, at the water this, yeah. let's con- let's confirm this after the show and delete this if it's not in there but i'm pretty sure there has been a study that has linked improved dopamine production levels throughout the day to taking a cold shower in the morning pretty sure i've read that same uh same synopsis i have not the study or even the abstract but no no, no but also but two things it. as yeah. we discussed even if it's not true still yeah. don't look it up just do it yeah just and do convince it. yourself <laughs> Because it's harmless. Also, if and if you want to go to sleep, then you take the hottest shower you possibly can because it makes you sleepy. See, no, th- that that actually doesn't work for me. I'll, no, it I'll, does. I'll actually, well, for you, but I'll actually no, overheat. No, works for everybody. <laughs> I'll overheat and then I won't be able to fall asleep. Well, I, like um, I'll be, I'll like have just a sheet over me and then even in the dead of winter and it, yeah, just mm. I can't, I can't sleep if I'm t- if I'm too hot. I run really well, hot talk- though when I sleep. We're talking about Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were talking about Facebook and we just completely, <laughs> this is what, this is what our listeners complain about. We just, we're like a bunch of, I don't we know. Jump. We yeah, jump. We jump topics. We jump. Uh, all right. Uh, we probably could maybe squeeze in, I don't know, glorify is done. So that, that that's it. The bank that's we that talked news. about, that's, that's over. <laughs> that's, did you guys gone. see, did you guys yeah. see what Mitch McConnell said about, yeah. about Trump? Or Wait. well, it wasn't like directly at Trump. It was I just mean, it's about of, him meeting with Nick Fuentes. Yeah, he said. Uh, that, that's no, oh, God. oh, he's he cast no, out the, on Trump getting elected after dinner with white nationalists. Whatever. No, 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 no. He said he literally quote. He said there is no room in the Republican Party for anti-Semitism or white supremacy. He said, okay. and anyone meeting with and anyone meeting with people advocating that point of view, in my judgment, are highly unlikely to ever be elected. So McConnell's back on his anti-Trump, back on his on, yeah. anti-Trump thing. I mean, that's hey, this I, is I'm how we started. For it. He started this, this way, straight though. up. This is. I'm here this, for it. it. It's tw- baby. It's 2015 again. Yeah, I'm here. He for is literally. He was. He wasn't even behind Trump when Trump was elected president. I mean, he was. He was no, always. He was, he was one of the last holdouts. Yeah, yeah for is sure. Anyone surprised that Mitch McConnell is still alive? Yeah, a little bit. Adrenochrome, baby. I just feel that every time I see his face in a picture, his his like cheeks and mouth are actually 
farther down his face. Like they're going to fall off one of these days. Kind of looks like one of the fish in SpongeBob. There's a lot of members of Congress, a lot of senators, a lot of members of Congress that I'm like, Ugh, how are you? How are you sticking around, man? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, somebody, what's his name, just passed away from colon cancer. So, yeah. Sorry. That was Colin Powell, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's still alive. That was the dad joke that Drew was supposed to tell yep, earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More like, more like Colin Pummeled. Oh. This we cannot end on this. This is the mo- <laughs> like the most low brow. No, it's not. We we went way lower. We went way lower. You guys had um, Zuck Fuckerberg or whatever. You had a you oh, cut yeah. fifteen you minute cut, chat. You cut Zuck. I, Mark yes, Fuckerberg. I had to cut. It was like fifteen straight minutes. <laughs> do we own that? Do we own Zuckmarkfuckerberg.com? <laughs> we have that, right? We didn't. No, I don't think we bought it. Hold on. Now that we're in episode twelve, I might let it slide. And and it's it would be a nice little uh, Patreon or, or not Patreon because that's canceled. Episode but. ten or eleven, whatever one it was, we just kept interrupting each other with new names for zuckmarkfuckerberg.com is registered and that has to be we we it has to be you guys it's in a different account but i don't i we have it we own that somewhere i didn't buy it so it must have been you yeah i think i actually have it recorded while you guys are purchasing it i don't know who did it. no i didn't purchase it drew probably purchased it do you not just use namecheap no i use i use google domains oh i just i have the the namecheap app on my phone it's just you can just buy it right off your phone it's super fast where i don't i have so the next time that you're looking for a domain uh just use the promo code we do crime we don't we don't we're not sponsored by them do not give any free advertising absolutely fucking not we can't have a podcast where 90 percent of the time we're like the root of all evil is advertising and then be like (laughs) oh this episode is brought to you by squarespace (laughs) yeah we can sure (laughs) that's you know what? It hasn't stopped anybody else. Well, we said the root of all evil. It doesn't. You can't fight against these things. There's no ethical consumption. That's not, that's not an excuse to. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No outro episode twelve. You guys have a good night. Now you do. Now watch. Now watch this drive. So we have to protect our genius. We're not selling anybody's data. Now watch this drive. I have a son. He's 10 years old. He has computers. He is so good with these computers. We're not selling anybody's data.